0: We've been studying here in, uh, in the book of Luke about... Oh, yeah, just put it right there, sweetheart. Uh, we've been studying the chapter 15, uh, the, lost, the lost sheep. And uh, the lost sheep went out and, and uh, went away from the shepherd. And the shepherd went out and he sought for the sheep until he found the sheep. And he brought the sheep home. He picked that sheep up and put him on his shoulder and carried him home. And uh, what great uh, illustration of the Lord being the shepherd and the lost needing the shepherd. And, uh, and, and so we've looked at that. And then also we looked at last week, we talked about the lost silver. And uh, that lost coin that was gone, uh, the lady had lost money. And how important money is. Uh, when you lose it, you need to find it. How important that is, right? Uh, no one likes to lose money, right? Or am I am I the only one that feels that way? Uh, when I, when I lost something, I, boy, I better go find that. I know a penny's not that big of a deal, right? But if we lose a hundred dollar bill, we're searching everywhere for it, tearing the house apart till we find it. And that lady, she had lost that silver, and she she swept the floor and cleaned the house until she found it. She found that that silver that coin. She was excited about that coin. And she called the neighbors just like the shepherd did and rejoiced with them about it. Well, this last story, those of you that have been in church any amount of time have heard this story, read this story, are acquainted with the story, and that is the lost son. And uh, this is the story of a man. We're not going to read that whole scripture text. I There's a pretty good bit of scripture to read this morning, but we're not going to read all 20 verses. But in this text, there's a man who has two boys. And uh, one of the boys decides that he wants to uh, get some money from dad and get his inheritance and, and leave the house. I don't know what was itching on him or whatever was going on, but he decided that he wanted to leave the house And so dad gave him his inheritance, all that his money that allotted him. Now understand, this is, again, it's a parable. It's one of those stories that Jesus is telling to illustrate a point, okay? And so all of these stories kind of illustrate the same thing. The lost sheep, how important it is for that one out of the 99. The lady with the lost silver, she had one missing out of 10, but that still, that one was so important, and now we look at the, this, the, the man who had two sons. One went missing, and the other one stayed home. Well, the other one took what his dad gave him and ran off and, and lived a really a, a, a bad lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle that wasn't pleasant to the father, wasn't pleasant to the house. And uh, so let's read. We're going to read a few verses, and then we're going to jump into the message here. And I want to give you three simple thoughts Um, this morning. we're not going to stand just because there's a lot of Scripture to read, so we're just going to make our way through the book here, or through this chapter. Verse number 11. The Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. So, imagine this story with me just for a second, if you will. Uh, it, it, can you imagine your son coming to you and saying, hey, uh, I, I know that uh, you're not, you're not past yet, but can we divide the inheritance now? I'll get what I owe, what I'm, what, what is mine, and uh, can, can we do that? And, and the dad says, yep, go ahead. And so he gives him the portion that belongs to him, uh, the portion that belonged to the younger son. Understand that in Jewish custom, the older son was technically, he would get two-thirds, and the and the younger son would get one third. And so the, the older son would ultimately give a lot more than the younger son. If I understand that correctly, that's how it worked. And so, uh, so here he comes to his dad. His dad says, okay, I'll give you your living. And so he gave him his living. And uh, he sits there with that money. And that money begins to burn a hole in his pocket. And, and that subs. I don't know what was going on. Uh, he said, man, I've got to go spend this money. And so he leaves home and he runs off to the far country. Now I don't know where this far country is, but it's not at home. It wasn't at the home place. It wasn't. It wasn't down the road. This was a far away place. Uh, he took that money and he began to re- live a riotous lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle that wasn't right, uh, a lifestyle that was wicked. You look forward into the text. The Bible says. That the Pharisee, the older brother, he come back and he says, Hey, uh," he said, my brother, verse number 30, he said, But as soon as thy son was come, which had devoured the living with harlots, uh, thou hast killed him for him the fatted calf. So he kind of equates this riotous living with a man who got down to the far country and spent his money on prostitutes and live in that wicked and bad lifestyle that the world would picture to you. And so he took this money and he went down there and he spent the money on whatever it was. The Bible doesn't exactly say what it was. but we know that it was a riotous lifestyle. And we know that (coughs) there was a big possibility that he spent it on harlots. That's sad that the son would take his money that his daddy gave him and went and wasted it. But Bible says in verse number 14, "And and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, so he was broke, he didn't have any money left. He spent all of his daddy's money And he began to be in want. He needed something. When you're without money and you're living out there, look, and you know as well as I do that if you don't have money, uh, if you don't have money, you you need a want. You have a want, uh, all right? You need something. Uh, You have wants that need to be taken care of. You have needs that need to be taken care of. This uh, son, this prodigal son, if you will, (coughs) what most people would call him, he needed a want. He needed something. And he couldn't because he didn't have the money to do it. In verse number 14, verse 15, and, when he, and, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. So here he is. So he's out there in the far country, and he's desiring to, uh, to be in want. He needs something. He needs food. And so he gets hired on to take care of the pigs. And so he's out there taking care of the pigs, but watch what takes place. And he... Verse 16, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. So he began to eat with the hogs. He began to eat with the pigs. Now, at Christmas time, we were up there seeing my in-laws, and uh, Daniel and Rosanna, they have hogs. They have a couple hogs out there. And uh, we went out there one night. His brother, Daniel's brother, is a milkman. And so he gets his leftover milk to give to his hogs. At part of what he gives them to eat. And in my mind, I, as I was reading this text, this is what I envisioned. We went out there with him to feed the hogs, the girls and I did. It was, it was raining, so we had these umbrellas out there, and we're watching these pigs. And he'd throw that milk in that trough, and they'd go to fighting each other. and I mean, seriously, fighting each other over who was going to get the milk first. I'm like, man, can you imagine this man out there trying to feed these hogs that are hungry and when they're hungry they need something now and they're not going to wait. They're not humans. They're not going to get in line and, and pay the whatever it is to go. No, they're going to fight each other for the food. Can you imagine what the younger son was doing uh, when he went out there to feed the hogs? He needed something to eat and his fang had filled his belly. He was hungry and so he sat down with the hogs to eat. And he had to fight the biggest hog off there so he could get some of those husks that were left over from the corn. Or the slop that was left over from breakfast five days ago. So here he sat uh, in the sermon, number one, if you will, is the lost son. Here he is. He's, he had a chance, an opportunity. He was raised the same way the older son was. He was raised just like the older son. He wanted his money. He wanted to get out of there. <coughs> he took off running down to the far country, got his money. He went down there. He spent all of his money on riotous living. And then he got so far down in the depths of sin, uh, he didn't have nowhere to go, no place to call. He didn't have nobody to call. He didn't have nobody to call when he was broke and destitute and out there all by himself. So he got him a job feeding pigs. And that job feeding pigs ended up sustaining him because that was his food that he would eat. You know how low a person must feel if they're out there eating with the pigs. But here it is this lost son, he was lost. But I do notice that in this story, and I don't know why, okay? And I don't know why. But in the story of the lost sheep, the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes to look for the lost sheep. In the story of the lost silver, the woman takes that silver that's lost and she sweeps the floor and she lights the candle and she breaks down the house to find the silver. But nowhere in this story does the father ever leave the house. Nowhere in this story does it ever say that daddy left the house to go look for his lost son. Now again, I I don't know why. I can't begin to tell you why that illustration is there. Why did Jesus give this illustration of not leaving the house of the father? I don't know if his father sent somebody out to go look for him and maybe to help care for his son. But maybe, maybe the father wanted him to hit rock bottom so that he'd come back home. You know, if someone's got it good and someone's living it up, they're not going to come home if everything's good. That son who took the substance that is from his father and he went out and lived a riotous lifestyle and he lived it up and did his own thing, he would have never come home if he wouldn't have ran out of money. Because in this story I see that lost son who's out there living his own life, doing his own thing, being his own way. Look, Maybe we have family that, that used to live for the Lord. Used to be in church and now they're out there. They're living it in sin and doing their own thing and being their own way. Maybe you was that person. Maybe you ran from God. Maybe you at one point was the lost son. And you had to come to the place where you wasn't enough. And you had to come to the place where what you had wasn't going to be sustainable. Because I will tell you, even though that that son was there in the, in the muck and the mire and eating with those hogs and eating the, the husk from the hogs, he still knew, num- point number two, he still knew, number two, that he still always had a loving father even though he was lost, even though he was in that mud, (coughs) no telling the last time he had a bath. No telling the last time he had a bar of soap. If he couldn't even have money to buy food, he sure in the world didn't have money to clean himself. Buy a new pair of clothes. He probably came home in the same pair of clothes he left in. Because nobody would give to him, that was what the Bible says. One of my favorite verses in all this text is this verse here. Verse number 17. I want you to read it aloud with me while I read verse number 17, if you will. Read with me. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? Do you know that even though the lost son was lost, even though the son was in the muck, even though the son was in the mire, even though the son was rolling around with the pigs and eating with the pigs, he understood that he always had a loving father? Look at that verse. He said, He said, He said, He came to himself. What am I doing? What is going on? My dad loves me. My dad loves me. How many of my daddy's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? You see in that verse, he didn't say nothing about his brother. He didn't say that back home, daddy's taking care of my big brother. No, he said, dad's taking care of the hired servants. My dad's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I'm out here about to die because I need something to eat. Let me tell you, the Father never stops loving you. You know, you can't get too far. You can't go so low that God doesn't Love you. Even in the depths of his sin and even in the depths of his wrong and riotous living, there was never a point that his daddy didn't stop loving him. We look at the wickedness of the world and we, man, that person over there, man, they're hard to love. I, am I the only one that feels that way? Sometimes there's people out there that man, I'm, I don't know how anybody loves them. Not even their mama loves Oh No, I can't say that. But truly, there's a God in heaven that loves the most wicked and most vile person sitting in a jail cell today just as much as He loves me. You say, how? Because it's a righteous love the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross, not for some, not for, not for the few good, but for all. He gave His life for everyone. His love is extended. His love is eternal. His love is everlasting. His love is, uh, is, is ongoing. There's never a time His love won't be there. He never, <coughs> he never stopped loving his son. He never stopped loving his son. He never stopped there. But why? you say, uh, why? Why didn't he go get his son? I don't know why he didn't go get his son. I don't know why he didn't search for his son. I don't know why he didn't. But he needed his son to come home. And he wanted his son to come home. So how do you know that he wanted his son to come home? Read the next couple of verses with me. Verse number 18. He said, and I will rise and go to my father's house, my, go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. So the first thing that that son needed to do was to make things right. He needed to make things right with his father. He needed to make things right with God. And let me tell you, Christian, or, or maybe a lost person this morning, the first thing you need to do is you need to make sure you get things right with God. If you're you're a saved, born-again believer and you're running from the Lord, the first thing you need to do is get things right with God. The first thing that that prodigal son said, he said, I need to go to my dad. And he said, I need to tell my dad I'm sorry. And I need to tell God I'm sorry. And verse number 19, look at this, this humility of the son. He said, and no more worthy to be called thy son, but make me as one of thy hired servants. You know what, he, he had he had come to this conclusion in his mind that he said, Dad, he said, Dad, I don't even need to be your son. I just, I, I want to be one of your servants. Because he knew that at the father's house, uh, at, at, at dad's house, that he was going to take care of his servants. He was going to take care of them and make sure that they were fed, uh, make sure they were warm, make sure they weren't living it up in the muck and the mire. Listen, it's so much better in the Lord's house. It's so much better at the house house, and out in the world, and out in the sea and out in the mud, and out living with the pigs, and out living a wicked and righteous lifestyle. It's so much better in here yeah, yeah. because we have a loving Father. preacher friend of mine used to say this statement, and I love it, and I, and I like to say it, but a man who walks with God always Reaches his destination. Verse 20, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, (coughs) his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This loving father this this father who who wanted his son, you say, how did you know that he wanted his son because the Bible says that when his son was a great way off now again, one of these things I don't understand about this story I don't know if Daddy sat on the porch every morning rocking in his chair praying, "Hey, bring my boy home How did he seem a great way off? How did he seem I personally believe, my personal opinion, he was waiting on the porch. He was waiting for the day that his son would round the corner. He was waiting for the day that his son would come home. He had no idea if his son was ever going to come home, but he was. I, in my opinion, he was anticipating the day that his son would come around the corner. And when his son was a great way off, he took off a running. And picked his boy up and grabbed him, and he hugged him, and he kissed him. What love? What love? Because he picked him up right there in his muck, right there in his mire, right there in his muddy clothes. And he kissed him. And then the next couple of verses, the Bible says that he gave him a new robe. And he gave him a new ring. <laughs> Come on. And he gave him a new roof, a place to sleep. What love that a father would instantly restore his son, even though his son had wasted his living, even though his son had wasted his money. He restored him, <coughs> gave him a hug. Man. When someone's dirty and nasty, they don't don't even want you to shake their hand. Your hands are all greasy. I ain't shaking your hand. My hands are all greasy. That son was covered. Daddy didn't care. And he picked him up and he loved him. And then he restored him. And he said what he needed to say to his dad. But look, verse 22, and the father said to his servants, Bring him, give him a robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. He didn't even have shoes on. Verse 23 let's throw a party. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let's eat and be merry. My son's home. Verse 24: For this my son was dead and is alive, and he was lost and is found, and they begin to be merry. Man, that's a happy story, isn't it? The lost son had a loving father. Well, that's not the end of the story. I see in this text. The brother. Number three, I, I, don't, I, I do not understand this, this part of the story. The loud brother. What do you mean the loud brother? Look what he says. Verse number 25, Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh an to the house. He heard music and dancing. Everybody was having a good time. Everybody was excited. The brother was, come home. And he called one of his servants and said, What what are these things meant? And he said unto him, Thy thy brothers come home, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because because he hath received him safe and sound. Hey, uh, what would your reaction be if if that was the case? Your brother who was lost, your brother who was was gone out serving the world, uh, had come home. (coughs) This loud brother... Uh, To me, he has the absolute worst reaction anybody can have. We ought to go out there and celebrate with him. That that boy's home. My brother's home. Watch what takes place. Verse number 28. And he was angry. Angry? Angry. And would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time, that commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, and that that I may make merry with my friends. He was mad. He was upset. Because the father was celebrating the lost son. He wouldn't even go inside. He wouldn't even go inside the house because that old boy come home. But as soon, verse 30, but as soon as thy son. Isn't that sad? Look at that verse in verse number 30. What's sad about that verse? And thy son. It's not my brother. Didn't call him by name. No, it's your son. Your son. When your son came home, what'd you do for him? (laughs) He's devoured the living with the harlots. Thou hast killed the fatted calf for him. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine." It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive and was lost and is found. He said, Son, why are you mad? Why are you mad that someone who was lost, someone who had wasted their living, someone who was out there away from home, Why are you mad that they're home? Why are you mad that they're here? Well, you never threw me a party. Well, you never celebrated me. Well, I've served you for many, many years, and you've never celebrated me. Why did he have that attitude? But I fear that sometimes as Christians we have that attitude. Well, that lost sinner... Look at them. Look at the way they look. Look at what they have on. Man, man. we don't need to celebrate him. Someone who's got saved out of the world. Someone who's gotten right from right from their sin and their wickedness of lifestyle and we can't celebrate their goodness of coming to the Lord how wicked is that that we would not celebrate with someone who's lost and come into the house of God and get saved because of the way they look or because of what they have on or because of how they're dressed or because of what they look like we can't No, we don't get upset about that no get excited that they would come to the house of God and get saved and get right with God No, I'm mad. I ain't never been celebrated before. Well, that boy, what he didn't understand, what he did not understand, and his daddy said it to him, he said, son, he said, everything I have is yours. Do you understand that when I die, none of this goes to your brother? None of it, because he already got what he wanted. Because you stayed home, and because you didn't waste your lifestyle, you get everything. And your brother, this is all he has. This fatted calf, this party, that's it. That's all he's got. So when this party's over, guess what? He don't have anything. He don't have any money. He don't have a home. He don't have clothes. He don't have shoes. None of it's his. It's yours. None of it belongs to you. What jealousy, anger, that he would be upset at his brother because everything belonged to him. But that boy... The lost son that came home, he knew that his loving dad would would celebrate him. He knew that his loving dad would be be glad that he came home. And when he came home, he said, Daddy, just make me one of your servants. He didn't ask him to restore him as a son, he didn't ask him to give him back his inheritance because he knew he had already lost it all. He just asked him to make him one of his servants. Maybe you've, you've lived your life and you've done right and you've stayed right and you've stayed with the Lord. You're the oldest son where you've not strayed away from the Lord. Well, I'm glad we don't have the attitude of that oldest son. Be glad when a sinner comes to church and gets saved. Be glad when someone who's lived their life in sin wants to get right and wants to make things right in the house of God. Be glad when it happens. Ah, oh, no way. Man, man, do you know what they used to do on Friday nights? Do you know where they used to go? Do you know what they used to spend their money on? Where's our attitude? The attitude of the lost brother, or the, the loud brother? Or the attitude of the loving father? See, this story is a little bit different than the others. This story deals with people. There's people in this world that need the Lord. And they they do not need to be met with people like the loud brother. They need to be met with people that are like the loving father. That love them. And show them the way. Show them the gospel. Show them how to be saved. May I say to you this morning, I'm done. I'm going to close. I'm going to be done. Do you know the lord this morning? Do you know that heaven's your home? Are you the lost son? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just the loving maybe you want to pray that God would make you the, like the loving father. Don't be like the loud brother. It's on you. It's up to you. It's your choice. Today. What do you choose? Well, what will I choose? Me too. I've got to make that choice too. How am I going to treat people? When they want to get right. When they want to get saved. And they want to come to the house of God and get things right. Look, our goal, my, I'm serious. I I'm promise you, I really pray that God will allow us just to reach one. But reaching one... Means that that son who's lost, who's out there in the muck, who's out there in the mire, who's out there living a wicked lifestyle, is important to God. And he ought to be important to us. Next week I'm going to end and we'll go back to the book of Acts, but next week I want to preach on the lost soul. I just want to challenge you today. And, I, and we have been. We've talked about it all month. Who is your one? Who's your one you're trying to reach? You're trying to pray for? Who's your one? Who's your one? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone that's here. I pray, dear Lord, that you've used me in spite of me. Lord, I pray that if there's one here today that's unsure about heaven, I pray that today would be their day that they get that settled.